0: All right. All right. Take your seats, everyone. This time we're talking about your chances of success. So please take your seats. Thanks.
1: Hello there, and welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm Monica Reinagel,
0: And I'm Brock Armstrong.
1: And in this podcast, we draw on our training in nutrition, movement, as well as our experience coaching hundreds of individuals to help you create sustainable, positive changes in your mindset, habits, and life. Let's do this.
0: All right. As we have said many, many times, creating change can be difficult. It also can be great, but it's rarely as easy as we want it to be anyway. So it makes sense that we would want some assurance that we have a reasonable chance of success before we're willing to invest our resources and our time and get our hopes up. (laughs) But when we ask, will I succeed, we often look in the wrong places for the answer. Mm. So in this episode, we're going to talk a bit about the ways to evaluate your chances of success. And more importantly, we want to offer some ideas for maximizing your chances of success.
1: But first, we want to give a little shout out to our friend and fellow podcaster, Molly Watts. She recently published the 100th episode of her podcast, it's called. Oh, the, she beat us there, I, but only barely, right? <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but uh, yeah, her a- podcast is called The Alcohol Minimalist, and Molly has been on the podcast on the Change Academy podcast a couple of times. Both Brock and I have appeared on her podcast. Um, it's a wonderful partnership. But we were really happy to celebrate with her this big milestone, and the episode was called "The Five Things I Had to Change Before I Changed My Drinking." Nice because of course, that's the focus of her podcast. But I really believe that the insights that Molly shares in this episode are universal. They apply to absolutely any change that you are trying to make in your life. And they also fit perfectly into our discussion today. So with Molly's permission, we'd like to share a brief excerpt from episode number 100 of the Alcohol Minimalist podcast. Here's Molly. When I first started doing the work to change my drinking, I truly did not know if I could be successful. All the evidence from my past suggested that I couldn't be. In fact, looking at all of my past attempts to change simply created an even greater sense of doubt. My fear and doubts kept me stuck for a long time. And for me, I had to give up the idea that I needed to know I was going to succeed at changing my drinking to get started. Instead of fearing that I couldn't do it, I literally made a promise to myself that every day I was going to wake up instead of sitting there and thinking about how many times I've failed in the past, I just chose to be determined.
0: I love that clip. Molly absolutely nailed it. Shifting your focus from will I to how will I is so powerful. Yeah. Instead of asking, can I achieve my goal? Asking yourself instead, what am I going to do today to achieve this goal puts it into action mode. And action mode is where results are found. We don't find results pondering over our failures. We find them by doing the things that we need to do and then dealing with the repercussions that happen from that, whether they're good or bad.
1: Yeah. And we... We certainly encourage you to listen to the entire episode, and we will put a link in the show notes to Molly's podcast so you can hear that whole thing. But um, as I say, I felt like this was a perfect introduction to what we wanted to talk about today.
0: Okay, you know, I'm pretty sure that I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm going to say it again because I think it really ties into what we're talking about here. We humans are meaning-assigning machines. I mean, nothing has meaning until we assign meaning to it. And you know what? We crave having meaning. Yeah. This makes us quick to assign definitive conclusions onto events or experiences that we have, or on the choices that we make in life, whether they're positive or negative, which is fine. I mean, this really does help us make sense of the world. But the problem with this behavior is our belief that the way we see things is the way that things actually are. Hmm. Now, Okay, I don't want to get too weird and esoteric here, but...
1: Oh, no, let's get esoteric. Okay.
0: (laughs) Good. Thank you for permission, because I'm going to. We really have to embrace that our perception of the world is not the truth for everyone. Mm -hmm. For example... Two people could be in exactly the same place at exactly the same time and come away with two entirely different memories and stories about what happened then and there. Mm -hmm. In the same way that two people can listen to the same episode of this podcast and come away with very different lists of action items. And one of them may succeed right away and the other one may have to revisit their list a few times. But the entire time that podcast episode is just sitting there locked in stone or locked in digital stone or whatever it's locked in, but it stays the same.
1: It's not changing. Right. And in the same way that you can listen to the same episode of a podcast, you know, after six months or nine months or 12 months after you heard it the first time and hear something completely different. Right. Right.
0: Right. We hear that from people in the way last program all the time. They go back to an earlier topic from way yeah. back months before and it hits them in a totally different way. It's true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So good thing it is locked down in, in a digital format so we can <laughs> revisit it. Right. But somebody who is currently considering doing the way last program with us recently asked if we could share outcome statistics for our program she was asking things like, well, how many people succeed in losing weight? How much weight do people lose in this program?
0: Right. And they see, that seems like a totally reasonable thing to ask, yeah. mostly because the diet industry has really trained us to, to think this way. We have been fed all these diets that promise to do things like lose five pounds in seven days, which is a very specific amount of weight and a very specific time frame. And you know what? This isn't by accident remember what I said about humans being meaning assigning machines? Mm. Well, marketers tap into that and they hand us this meaning all the time, or at least they try to influence this meaning. And again, that's where we look when we're looking to find out if we will succeed.
1: Right. And to be honest, when businesses are considering investing in this type of programming for their employees, they obviously are going to want to assess their return on investment. And you know what? When we're talking with companies about providing the Wayless Less program as part of their corporate wellness programming, we're more than happy to share that kind of outcome data. What percentage of people lose weight, how much weight on average they lose. And you know, one of the reasons we're happy to share those is because our results compare very favorably to industry standards.
0: Yeah, they're darn good.
1: <laughs> but we don't usually include those kinds of statistics in the materials that we share with individuals who are considering working with us in our private group programs. And again, not because we're not proud of them, rather because in our experience, those stats actually provide very little insight into an individual's likelihood of success. And one big reason for this is that success looks very different to different people depending on, you know, what they're coming into the program with, what their goals are. Right. It's not always about pounds per week, right? Yeah. So, when this person asked for stats, I totally respected the fact that she was looking for evidence to support her decision. That's something we completely support. But the thing is that these statistics don't really answer the question that she was really asking. What she really wanted to know is Will I be successful? And a better question to ask, if that's your question, will I be successful? I would encourage you to ask, what do the people who succeed have in common? And what do I share with those people? Or what of those characteristics am I willing to acquire?
0: Right. I worry sometimes, too, that if you see these really favorable statistics that you think, oh, well, this is a, this is a no-brainer then. I can just sign up for this and I don't even have to do any work. Right. It'll just happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was coaching marathon runners, New clients would often look for the same sort of reassurances. They'd ask me questions like, well, how many people have you coached to qualify for the Boston Marathon Mm -hmm. and, and things like that. They were looking for reassurances that I would be able to coach them to a specific distance or a specific finishing time for a race. And like you said, the more appropriate question would have been, will they be able to be coached to those specific outcomes? Mm -hmm. Because as a coach, I can only do my best to control as many variables as I can. But that pales in comparison to what they can control. Ultimately, that's they have to do the hard work. They have to maintain their routines. They have to take the rest days, which oddly enough, is really hard to convince people to do sometimes. You know, just like our clients in the Wayless program, I could give them the tools and I did give them the tools to succeed, but their level of success was much more up to them.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great example. And, you know, we have thought a lot about this, like what do the people who succeed have in common? Because mm-hmm. we do think that this will be useful for you to know. And we've identified some key attributes that people who succeed in our program or similar behavior change efforts that are working on different outcomes. What do these people have in common? And here are a few of the things that we've identified. Number one, solving the problem needs to be important to you. Right. This needs to be something that you really want for yourself and not just because someone else like your doctor or your spouse or your kids or society thinks you should care about this.
0: Yeah, and that word should Right there. Right. That's the one you should look for. If you find yourself saying, I really should be doing this, then yes. That's a that's a pretty big red flag sometimes.
1: Right. So it needs to be important to you. Another one is that you need to be ready to take a closer look at the ingrained patterns that are keeping you stuck. Or as we were just talking about in a recent episode, what is the blueprint for your current reality? Sometimes people you really want a different outcome but they are unwilling to change the current behaviors that are leading to that outcome so you've got to be signed up for that too
0: yeah or they don't understand the the value in it they don't see the value in looking at it they just want you to give them the mm-hmm. prescription to move forward but you can't have that prescription unless you look at what you're actually doing so yeah it's uh, yeah. it's hard to convince people to do that sometimes so you have to be ready for it
1: yeah and maybe they underestimate maybe we tend to underestimate yeah just how influential those ingrained patterns are going to be. We think we can just pick new behaviors and that that'll be as easy as it is.
0: Right. They just want you to give them a set of rules to follow until of course they get tired of them and stop.
1: Right. Another characteristic we've identified is that people who succeed are willing to try a different approach Mm. instead of just repeating old approaches that haven't worked in the past, which doesn't really make sense, but it is often what we do. You know, we go Back to Weight Watchers for another, yet another round, you know? So how willing are you to try a different approach, to experiment with something new? Right. Just
0: keeping an open mind.
1: Yeah. And I think you have to be willing to take ownership of the process. Mm-hmm.
0: You, you,
1: you may enlist people to support you, but as you were saying with your marathon coaching clients, this is ultimately your journey. No one can create change for you and no one can create success for you. So don't confuse looking for support with asking somebody else to be the owner of your outcome, right? Yeah. And related to that, I think you really need to be willing to make change a priority in your life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means that other people in your life might have to step up a little bit to allow you to make this work a priority, or you might have to make something else temporarily less of a priority but we need to be realistic about how many things we can devote our full-throated efforts to and if this isn't going to make the top 3 <laughs> um you know that's it's, it's going to be it's going to be fighting for precedence with other priorities so ask yourself is are you willing to make this a priority especially at the beginning because that's when you have to work hardest to overcome that inertia
0: all right. We've been having an excellent conversation about this in the, in the private group forum in, in Wayless, just sort of examining a few people in the group seem to have overextended themselves and it's getting in their way. Uh. So I just want to reiterate everything that Monica just said, just in some sort of a, a preliminary takeaways, I guess. Okay. So number one was solving this problem has to be important to you. Number two is you're ready to take a closer look at yourself. You have to be ready to take that close look. Number three is you're willing to try something different, not just keep trying the same thing, hoping for a different outcome. Number four is you're willing to own the ups and the downs. Mm. Own being the important word there. And finally, you're willing to make the work a priority.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we're not the only ones who have looked at this question and tried to identify these characteristics for success. Uh, a couple of years ago, a group of Dutch researchers analyzed 67 different studies mm. to see if they could pin down the key characteristics or determinants of long-term weight loss. And you know, that's a specific type of behavior change, but it has a lot in common with other behavior change efforts. Yeah,
0: I'm sure Molly would apply these to all the people in her alcohol minimalist program.
1: Right. So what was so surprising about this study was the list of factors that ended up to be not correlated with success. They included things like your age, your gender, your socioeconomic status, your stress level, and your level of willpower.
0: Wait, these are the things that were not correlated with success?
1: Right. 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 So when it comes to your chances of achieving long-term weight change or long-term behavior change, it doesn't matter how old you are or what kind of neighborhood you live in. Women, you have just as good a shot at this as men. Your weight history does not predict your chances of success. Stress is not a determining factor, nor is how much willpower you think you have. And I, this is actually great news because most of those things are things you can't do a whole lot about.
0: Yeah. Not in the here and now anyway.
1: Right. Okay, so what does predict success? It boiled down to two categories of things, habits and mindset, specific things in each of those categories. So in the habit category, because of the nature of the study, these these were habits specific to weight management, things like regularly monitoring your weight, because you know you can't manage what you don't measure. And exercising portion control, but this is distinguished from restrictive dieting, different thing. Right. And uh, another habit that was correlated with success was choosing an active lifestyle. Did not have to do with exercising your brains out. (laughs) Hooray! Right. But the mindsets, I think, are much more universal. They could really apply to any change. And here were the three that jumped out at me. Number one, confidence in your ability to make positive changes. Hmm and for our behavioral scientists in the audience we're talking self efficacy here right number 2 clarity on your goals and your strategies what are you trying to accomplish and what are the steps that you plan to take
0: All right not just saying i need to eat better
1: right right so clarity <laughs> It's way too vague but that doesn't mean that you always get it right on the first try it doesn't mean that your initial strategies are the ones that you ultimately stick with but you need to at least be clear on what the strategies are And then the last thing is a certain feeling of self-worth. Because as our friend Rebecca Scritchfield likes to say, you cannot hate yourself healthy. Hmm. So true. So if you are looking for determinants of success, if you're trying to figure out whether you'll be successful, measure yourself against these kinds of attributes and mindsets. It's going to be much more impactful than just asking, well, you know, How much weight on average did people lose or what percentage of people succeeded in your program?
0: Right. Now, hang on to those for a second, because we're going to come back to them in our lab experiment. But before we do that, Mm -hmm. let's look at some takeaways. So the first takeaway is that it's natural to look for assurance that you are making the correct choice before investing your time and your money and anything else in a particular endeavor. That's totally natural. Then instead of looking for external evidence that you are making the right choice, look for internal evidence that you believe that you can make this change. Mm -hmm. Then the next takeaway is that your willingness to take ownership over solving this puzzle or achieving this goal is a great way to measure the possibility and probability of your success.
1: Yeah. And I love framing that as solving the puzzle, Yeah, because it takes the fact that some of this has to be unknown at the beginning and makes it a little bit more like a a fun game that we're playing instead of, you know, a do or die sort of thing.
0: Right. We tend to take it a little too seriously sometimes.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Solving the puzzle.
0: And finally, instead of spending time wondering if you will succeed, focus on what you will do to ensure that you will succeed.
1: Yeah. And that was really the takeaway that I got from Molly's episode is that we cannot let the fact that we don't know for sure how we're going to succeed or how long it will take us. We can't let that keep us from taking action.
0: And it's such a great way to just change your mindset too. When you find yourself worrying and wondering if this is the right thing you should be doing, take a deep breath, stop that train of thought and think, okay, what am I going to do next to mm-hmm. ensure that I will succeed, it's a great way to short circuit that worrying, stressful, anxiety provoking kind of thought pattern and turn it into action. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's like electroshock therapy for our thoughts. Yeah. Okay, here's your lab experiment. When you are evaluating a given strategy for behavior change, ask yourself three questions. Number one How confident am I that I can make a positive change in my life? Number two, Am I clear on what my goals and strategies are, or at least my initial strategies? And number three, do I believe that I am worth the effort and worthy of the outcome? Mm -hmm. Your answers to these questions may hold the key to whether or not you will be successful. And I'd just like to suggest that if any of your answers are no, see if you can adjust that initial strategy to make it a yes.
0: Right. This isn't just a way to eliminate strategies from your life. It's a way <laughs> to refine those strategies and adjust right. them to make those into yeses.
1: Yeah, we're not trying to talk you out of change.
0: And we certainly won't talk you out of joining us for the next episode. See you soon. All right. All right, everyone. Remember, you can find all the show notes, lab experiments, and takeaways at
1: changeacademypodcast.com.